Hello and good evening and good day. So I keep getting asked this question and it comes quite a lot actually and it's basically this when is it best or when should I or when must I not do Bagua Zhang or practice Bagua Zhang and it's one of those questions that I've been avoiding to answer because I feel personally that it's more aligned with for the other masters to answer in the sense it's strongly related to uh, practice and technique but I got into a conversation recently with someone about it and I realized that there is a part of it that is sort of left unaddressed you could say so I'm gonna try my best to answer that question when is the best time to practice Bagua Zhang or do Bagua Zhang if you feel it's no longer a practice but something greater than that and the first answer I'll give is check with your Sifu check with your master and see what they say then the second answer I want to give is check what style you are training in and see uh, if there are any requirements for the style itself because there are many versions of Bagua Zhang and each one is different and they all have their unique features on when it's best to train and when it's best not to train no master unless you are very specifically going down one particular style has got really the full answer or the complete picture now if it was a case for someone like me the answer would be well whenever you fucking want it's about the training not about the the rules okay there are certain rules in Bagua Zhang that are define it as Bagua Zhang if you don't follow them you're not doing Bagua Zhang it's as simple as that but the training part of it is more if you're going down the road like you're going down I'm going down then it pays to train in many different environments and in many different times of the day and in many different situations in order to get that experiential understanding of when it is best for you to train okay now I just realized that that is a lot to say without saying anything so I'm gonna give you an example a typical question would be will be to ask and I've and I've read this many times the student will ask the Sifu master when is it best to train and the master will go in the morning when in the morning and the master will typically say when the Sun rises grasshopper and that's usually where it stops or it may go when is it not good to train and the master will say every other time you know hearing stuff like that I'm the kind that goes you say in the morning you say when the sunrise why 
And typically for a lot of masters who learn from other masters, there is no why. They just do. And for me, in order to progress, I need the why. Especially when it comes to translating from what is typically a Chinese answer, because Bagosheng is a Chinese martial art, to a more Western understanding of it. Now, if you are one of those who have been taught about the mornings, for you physical guys, the answer why you train Baguazhang in the morning is the same reason why you go to the gym in the morning, because you like it. You're a morning person. That's it. That is really it. Now, on a deeper level, it could also be that they will say sometimes that it has to do with qi and qigong. And I found like for me, yeah, I, I train now typically in the mornings. I get my basic sets done in the morning. Uh, typically because one, it's the only time I have before I head off to work. And I'm unsure these days what happens after work, whether I even have the time. So I force myself to get up early and do it in the morning. Uh, two, I'm in the Qigong sense, I'm also energizing myself or um, shielding myself for what's coming next, which I know for me is at the moment, because I've sold my, my tea business, I'm now working at, in customer service at a concierge in a shopping mall, and I'm dealing with a lot of people. And it's not always a pleasant experience. There's a lot of shit that goes down. And I have found when I, I don't do my Bhagwajang in the morning to shield myself, I get a lot of shit. If I shield myself, they just seem to fizzle out, disappear. I don't know how you would say it. Now, the third reason why I've discovered I do in the morning is that especially if I'm facing something where I can see the sun or the reflection of the sunrise in a tall building, it's a glorious view and it makes me happy and it it just puts a positive spin to an otherwise what could be a ho-hum or a negative day and it's nice to be able to go to work feeling good about oneself. All the different times are the same. And it's the same with the different locations as well. Like you'll hear rules about don't train standing on concrete, don't train on grass, don't do this. It's always in the negative, guys. It's always put in negative. But I strongly recommend go and experience it for yourself. Why do they say those things? Now, for footwork, especially the mud wading step, yeah, you need the experience in training in different environments. And it even helps if you can do it like bare feet because on the soles of your feet you have uh, sense sensory neurons, you know, uh, just like on the hands, not there. You know, your hands are built to touch things. Your feet are exactly the same, built to touch things. And a lot of those skills come about when you're doing, when you're walking the circle barefoot and you're placing your foot down on uneven surface and you're unsure of where to put it. You know how to walk the circle, but you're unsure if where you're putting it is safe. Are you going to slip? 
Are you going to suddenly slide? Um, is there a thorn in the grass, uh, prickly grass? You know, um, are there insects there, or is it just rough stone? And so that is is something that can only be done barefoot. But again, you have to go out and try it for yourself until you set settle into a, a particular routine that works for you. Weather conditions are the same. I've I've read once someone says never do baguazhang um, on rainy days or when there's a thunderstorm. That actually comes about from Chinese belief that wet and cold can give you what they call evil wind. But you need to place your body in in some sort of adversity every now and then in order to grow and progress. So what do I do? I train in the rain. Now that means I train actually in the rain, and it's pouring down or just drizzle. I train in the rain, but under covering, because that I want to be outside. Fuck what other people think. I want to be outside. I like training outside, so I train under what we call a pergola here, or a cola. It's just basically a covered area, but you're still technically outside. And I also train, you know, wearing a raincoat. So the rain's still touching me. I get that experience. I get that understanding of how it affects the form or how it affects my movements. And typically, when we train indoors to when we train outdoors, the training is completely different. You may be doing the exact same form. It, it doesn't really matter, actually. You know, you could be doing anything. You could be doing drills. You could be like just punching a a, a punching bag. Training. Outside, when it's freezing cold, punching that punching bag, and your fingers are cold and hard, it's gonna hurt more than if you train indoors under air condition. You know, warm weather, and your fingers are nice and soft. They react differently. We respond differently. Our muscles tighten up when it's cold, and and so we are trying to learn all these things and give the body a chance to learn. I've even trained when there are thunderstorms. In fact, I'm I'm spiritually aligned with thunder, so I enjoy. It. And believe me, if the thunderstorm is really close or nearby, and I'm training outside under cover, and the lightning flashes, and then the thunder hits straight away, so you know by the time difference, it's right underneath. It, it can freak me out. Like I'm just stopping myself from shitting my pants. Basically, that's how close it is. But it's exciting. And I'm asking myself in the moment, "Fuck, am I doing the right thing?" Because I'm afraid that that lightning bolt, even though the thunder just came and the lightning came before that, and I, my mind's going, "Shit, I'm gonna get zapped with a with a lightning bolt." But hey, the, those are the free thrill rides that we get up on the mountains. Same thing down on sea level. Same thing. We're all experiencing those different sensations.、Um, It's it's like so like you like wrestling, you know. It's a different sensation if you're wrestling in the mud or in the beach in the water versus to if you're on the mat wrestling. We and you could say yeah they're the same, but you're actually training different things. So there really isn't a correct 
time and place. What's important is that when you get told something, you ask why, so that you can learn and progress. And you ask yourself whether what's been told to you actually matches your environment or matches who you are or matches even where your path is heading. And and that's an important thing because it's leading to the last bit about um, Bagua Zhang and I had the thought really clear in my head and I'm surprised that my mind is going a little um, blank about it. So I'm going to ramble on a little bit until it comes back. God, I wish I'd written it down on a piece of paper. I was so just jumping to do this podcast that I thought um, I'd remember it. Damn, that's so annoying. I'm sure it happens to all of us. It's about the path, I think. And it's the path about the journey that we're on when we do Bagua Zhang. It's, you're going to come to a place where if you're really dedicated to it, there are no rules. Your Sifu can't answer it for you. You have to find your own answers. You have to start walking your own path. And the, the training and when you train and how you train is all part of that journey. There really is, on one level, no right or wrong because in that moment of when you're doing that training, you're always trying to understand yourself more. You're, under, you're really, at the end of the day, trying to know who you are as opposed to anybody else. And you're, you're on a path of slowly letting go of what you thought something was to what the universe or God or whatever you believe is telling you what it is for you. And that no one can really um, help you with. Uh, I know from my experience because... Um, It, it, it's a difficult one. Now, for those of you who... Um, yeah, this is going to sound really convoluted or, or really far out there, but one of the things I've learned about Bagua Zhang and one of the important things about always experimenting and understanding it better is because you will eventually hit a place in your training and in your understanding where... You have to let go of wanting to be saved or rescued. The cavalry ain't coming. And in, and in order to be prepared for that moment, because you don't know when it, it's going to happen, you don't know in what situation. And and don't guys, just because I use the word the cavalry, it doesn't mean it's necessarily a physical fight. But you'll be on your own. And no one can help you. And your the particular Baguazhang you're learning, the training will come into play. And it will come into play in such a way that it will surprise you as well. 
but you can only be prepared if you're willing to step out what you have been thought you've been taught and let that go and it's really important especially if you're not Chinese and you're not from China and especially if you're Western because the environments we live in is all different some of us are lucky and we can have something close to a mountain the forest the um, backyard giant back but for a lot of us we live in basically in a city urban jungle and even then there are differences and we just have to be in a state where we can just go on with our life and hopefully when that situation comes and you realize the cavalry is not coming you can also realize that through your training you're prepared now it sounds bad and it sounds like you're being left on your own but the blessing in that the silver lining in that storm cloud is that the reason why the cavalry ain't coming is because whatever the situation is you are the cavalry you don't need the cavalry anymore to rescue you you are the the solution or i should say you have the solution within you that's the reason for all those moves that don't seem to make any sense and they've got nothing to do with actually punching and kicking and wrestling or grappling as we like to call it now but again we have to go out and find those experiences and it only happens if we're willing to try you don't have to tell other people you trained under a full moon which is pretty awesome i've done that i do that a lot um, you don't have to tell people that you prefer not to train in the mornings. You're you're an evening person. You like to train at night. Maybe it's just you, you only that's the only time you have. But what's important is that you do the training. You find a way. And you keep going, and even when the path seems to stop, you keep going. You create a new path. Because when you become a Sifu and you teach other people, you're going to get students who ask you that very same question and they're going to ask you in a way that matters to them and matters to you. And you can't tell them, go up to a mountain and train in the morning when you know full well that that's not possible. It just isn't possible. I still can't remember what that thought was about. Maybe I'm just going to leave it for another podcast sometime else, some other time. But I hope this one, in my convoluted way, clarifies of when it is best to train or when it is best to not train. Honestly, in my personal opinion, there really is no, no best time to train. Any time is good. Anywhere is good. If if you got the space to train, go ahead and train. Even even like what we wear, like a lot of times I train um, wearing jeans. 
the practical reason is because I wear jeans every day. So I just say to myself, well, if I'm wearing jeans every day, I might as well train in jeans because if I ever get into a fight, it'll most likely be wearing jeans. These days, I'm trying to wear a suit and train a little bit as well. Man, is that hard. You know, that, that It's so constricting. And I've had to try and adapt to that one. I don't recommend suits. Uh, you know, business suits is what I'm talking about here. Can't, oh. Oh, that's another story. I'm going to leave it for another podcast. But again, I hope I've answered the question. And remember to ask your Sifu whenever he tells you you can't train like this or you have to train like that or you have to train there. You ask him why. And if it don't, and don't pretend that you understand everything because sometimes the reasons are more cultural rather than a practical reason. If it's a cultural thing, ask why or get them to translate to you what they're talking about. If they're a good Sifu, they will be able to translate from one culture to another culture. And only then, if you choose to follow that Sifu, when you understand it in a way that makes clear sense to you, that you truly understand it, you will, you will just willingly go out and train at that time and in that way, without, having, without it being a struggle without it feeling forced or unnatural or difficult. But that mud wading step is not meant to damage your knees or anything like that. I just want to be clear about that. It, it actually has a practical purpose. Uh, the, the, the simplest thing is, is to teach you how to walk when, when there's a slippery surface without um, slipping and sliding without falling down it's actually a lot harder to do we think we can walk in the rain and not fall over or run in the rain but it's actually quite difficult it's just like driving a car you know we can drive the car when it is raining we can drive the car when it's not raining but when the rain just hits and begins and that dust that's on the asphalt or the tarmac gets a bit muddy that's when it's the most dangerous and the car can slide and have an accident it's at that moment and the mud wading step is actually designed to help to counteract that and if your mud wading step is good you will not have knee problems. In fact, when you do step and you have a sudden slide, your body will instantly adjust so you don't fall over. So, once again, I digressed about something else. But I'm going to leave it there. And I hope this has been useful.